The Lamudi webinar series is a series of online discussions with industry experts who share their insights and tips on how to retain your business despite the current challenges. Hello, good morning, uh, and welcome to the latest episode in the Lamudi webinar series titled Strategizing Real Estate Marketing uh, and Industry Response to COVID-19. In today's session, we will explore the challenges posed to business strategy brought about by the COVID-19 crisis and ask what measures and modifications we can implement, particularly to our marketing strategies, to remain relevant during the ongoing outbreak. As always, we welcome your questions in the comments section below and we'll do our best to get back to you as soon as possible uh, or we'll feature them in the next episode. Joining me to, for today's session are two leading industry experts. Uh, who have kindly offered up their insights into best practice during this unprecedented period in the history of the Philippine real estate industry. First up, Kerry Lagdameo, first Vice President of Demosaland Inc. Uh, and he's joined by Vince Abeo, Chief Sales and Marketing Officer at Philinvestland. Thank you both for joining us this morning. Thank you for inviting us, Mark. And right, I'll jump straight in. I'll, I'll jump straight in with the first question. Um, First of all, a kind of broad look at, at operations. Uh, how are your operations and, and what measures, if, if any, have you taken so far to address uh, any major or, or minor changes to business strategy uh, that have accompanied your local quarantine measures? Um, and really, are you looking to implement them in the, in the short term or are you looking kind of more, more long term uh, with these changes? Um, I'll start with, with Kerry just because uh, I think Davao particularly as a region is, uh, is slightly further behind in, in terms of its phase compared to Luzon and Metro Manila. And I'm wondering if that's given you the opportunity to learn from other businesses and, and kind of take on board what's happened in advance. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think we, we did have a bit of an advantage in that um, Davao only went under a, strict, uh, a stricter quarantine um, period starting just late last week. So Metro Manila went ahead by about a little over just shy of about two weeks. So at least we were able to see what were the things that, would, uh, that, would, that were implemented and that were put in place um, in Manila. And at least we were able to adapt that uh, to the business or to our business um, in, in Davao. Um, but having said that, I think everybody's all kind of on the same page now. So, you know, movement is very limited. Um, in our case, construction work has really slowed down quite a bit. Um, I think everybody now is on video calls, whereas uh, maybe about a week ago, we still had some project managers that would be on site. Uh, but now that's kind of all gone. So, I mean, to answer your question, I think um, some of the minor changes that have been made, just like everybody else, uh, we've had to retool our meetings. Everybody's on video calls. Um, we've also had to make sure that all of our properties are following the right um, hygiene procedures and uh, preventive, uh, virus preventive procedures. Uh, we've also had to see how we can scale back on construction without totally stopping because in, in Davao, they were actually allowing construction work um, to continue, but with skeletal workforces. So we, we are taking advantage of that. So I think those are the kinds of the things that we were doing in the immediate and for the, I would say, the, the short term period. Um, major, I guess, major changes. Well, look, I think all of us would agree that our 2020 projections are just all out the window. Uh, but we've really had to take a look at that and, and see which projects we are really going to undertake for this year. So what CapEx uh, are we still going to pursue? 
Um, and if ever we're going to push back, um, how far back would we be pushing it? Um, and also which projects would be essential for this year? You know, given that, you know, we, we are expecting a worst case scenario wherein, um, you know, the country might go into a recession or at least into very low growth for this year. So we have to be selective now of which projects are really going to move forward or get pushed to the next year. But I think, again, just like with everybody, this is such a fluid situation. So we're reviewing this and we're constantly reviewing this, um, not even on a weekly basis, but probably on a daily basis. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so it seems to be um, more focused on, on kind of construction and, and keeping that maintenance going. I'm wondering um, how about, uh, obviously there's been a, a big effect on, on kind of sales, but um, have, have um, did you have existing pipeline that, that you've kind of been able to, to close or has everything kind of stood still from, from that aspect? Well, we were able to still close a couple of deals um, right before the, the start of the quarantine period. Um, not many though, to, to be honest, but there, we, we do have several projects that are currently ongoing. And so those are the ones that we're still trying to, to maintain um, as much as we can. But you know, at the end of the day, it, it's really all about employee welfare. So we, we said that we didn't want to put anybody in harm's way. So if the employees and, and the construction workers don't want to work, then we're not going to force it. But um, if they're going to allow us to work in such a way that you know, the social distancing is, um, is observed um, and there's a, you know, very minimal workers on site and the workers are willing to work, um, then we're allowing that. Uh, but in terms of, especially this week moving forward, in terms of um, closing transactions, I would say there's going to be very little of that. Okay. All right, thank you. That's, uh, that's that's good insight. And then over over to you, Vince. I think um, I mean, Phil Investor in a slightly different position in, as well in that you're a kind of national operation. So um, has that led to a kind of one size fits all um, approach um, to your restrictions, or are you kind of is it a bit more fragmented? Are you looking at it at a kind of case by case um, status? Well, I mean, for for starters, when the whole um enhanced community quarantine was declared, it was not across the board. It was, not a, it was not a nationwide declaration. First was Luzon, and then bit by bit, we saw this happening across the, across the regions. And you know, in the case of Phil Invest, where we operate or we have over 175 ongoing developments in 48 key areas in the country, I mean, one can imagine the the degree of complexity that we had to go through to be able to manage all of these things as it was, as it was unfolding. So I suppose I kind of go back to day one when, when, you know, day one, so I started off like any other day. And I recall being called into the boardroom to talk, to have an emergency meeting. And that meeting we decided, well, our president decided to activate our business continuity protocol. And, 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 and clearly in, in that meeting, we, we had to brainstorm as a team. All of the key executives were in that meeting. All of the business unit heads were in that meeting. And we even had people uh, on conference and across, across the Philippines. And we were discussing the issues. We were discussing what we had to do to ensure business continuity, to continue to serve our key stakeholders. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to say that that you know, we were able to put together a cohesive and well thought out business continuity plan. 
and and a piece and and, and I would say that the, the backbone of this whole business continuity plan is technology. I mean, you, know, you and I are now doing having this uh, this Zoom conference. We're we're now doing everything via digital communications, and and so digit, so our investments in technology really paid off in in, in a big way. Because, you know, I mean, as, as, as you alluded to a while ago, really one of the key important, one of the most important, if not the key thing that, that, that had to be done was to reach out to all of our stakeholders and, and communicate to them, tell them what's happening, tell them what's going on and tell them what to expect, essentially manage their expectations. So, so, when, so, when, the, so when the enhanced community quarantine was in fact declared, we sent out different types of communications to all of our stakeholders, our customers, our shareholders, our employees, our business partners, our sellers, essentially telling them what's going on and what they needed to do in order for our business to continue doing uh, and operating the way it, it, the way it has to operate sure. despite the constraints. So, 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 so clearly, um, you know, we've been in this business for 50 years. We've seen different political cycles, different economic cycles, different financial cycles. And, and, and you know, and, and you're, you're right in saying that this is probably one of those, you know, once in a, hopefully once in a lifetime occurrence that will really redefine the spirit, character, and values of any organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's really obvious some of the, particularly um, in, in different sectors, the sectors that have adopted a digital um, process across the boards and the ones that, that haven't um, have really struggled I think in this uh, kind of instantaneous work from home movement. Um, so moving on I think from uh, that, that kind of wider operational um, status I, I want to dive into into the kind of marketing plans as, as Kerry as you said the, the, the 2020 plan has, has gone out of the window. Um, but I'm wondering if, if there has been any kind of continuation or if you've made any amendments to the existing marketing plan, um, uh, which would allow it to continue um, as, as you'd originally hoped that, that, that it would. Well, I, I think in our case, I mean, the, the marketing calendar is still there. All of the marketing initiatives that uh, we had planned for the year can be executed at any given time. Uh, I suppose right now it's just a matter of when we're going to execute them and when the proper time would be. Uh, because obviously right now, I mean, we, we told ourselves we wouldn't go about doing our regular marketing, one, because we can't, and second, it probably isn't the appropriate time to do so. So it, it's really more of that we push, push back, say, um, community events, sales events, um, road shows, and, and things like that. So it's kind of just pushed back. Uh, we're, and that's why we said we're taking it day to day and we're seeing how the condition of this whole situation is going to play out because if we start to see that there's some improvements in, you know, in the overall landscape or the overall situation, then maybe little by little we'll start putting back um, more ads on social media. We'll start reaching out to more of our buyers, um, you know, things like that. But for now, we, we made a conscious effort to, well, one, we would redirect a, um, a, a portion of our marketing budget um, to make sure that one, our employees are paid, right. um, our workers are paid, and also to see our SAR programs because we felt that that's really what's needed right now. Uh, we, we feel that we can go back to normal once, um, once the situation will allow us to do so. But um, 
the, all the events and all of the initiatives, they're, they're all ready to be executed once, one, once we're able to do so. Yeah, I think that's that's a really uh, a really fair point. It's it's, it's unpredictable, and, and the kind of level of commitment with with execution is, is difficult, particularly with with any traditional um, marketing activations that you have going. Um, as far as the the team's concerned, though, you're they're still communicating with potential buyers. They're still potentially they're still kind of um, not not necessarily hard selling, but maintaining relationships yeah. with with customers and investors. Absolutely. I mean, that was the message that we gave to our sales team is that, well, one, be in touch with them, even if it's simply just to check in on them and see how they're doing, um, but also to update them, whether it's through our social media pages or, um, you know, through calls or, or whatnot, and just talking to them about what we're doing as a company. Uh, what are the CSR efforts that we're, that we're doing? Um, what are some of the project updates, if ever there are any? So we're, we're still keeping that relationship warm. Uh, we're still making sure that they that they see us on 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 social media, um, so that at the right time, you know, when we can go out and and uh, sell to them in a more how would you say um, in a in a more normal manner, then then we would be able to do so. But at least they would know about you know what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks uh, as a company, and I think that's really important because. Um, you know, we've been very active with our CSR activities in, in Davao. And at the end of the day, you know, when you're talking to your buyers, um, it's really important that they know, you know, what, you're, what you are as a company, what's in your DNA, and, you know, how, you, how have you been helping the community? And are you doing it out of the goodness of your heart, or are you doing it just for show? Um, and, you know, what kinds of activities are you, are you doing? So, I think it's important that uh, you know we still keep in touch with them in, in that sense, and that they know and they understand what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I follow the Demosaland uh, community page on Facebook, and you're you're pretty active throughout, even with or without crisis. There's there's always lots of interaction going on with the local communities. And uh, well, yeah. I, I think that's and and that's uh, and 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 that's because our our business group has been uh, you know we're, we've been active in Mindanao for the last 70 years. So I mean we we pride ourselves. In, in being, um, I guess, quote unquote, the, the homegrown team. Yeah. And so it's, it's really important for us to really be in touch with them and really be on the ground with, uh, with the community. And uh, of course, with, even with our own employees as well. Sure. Okay, thank you. And um, I guess, yeah, I mean, to, to kind of contrast that with, with, with Philinvest, uh, you've obviously got, um, you know, portfolio of brands, Vince, um, across price points appealing to, to different markets. So uh, I'm, I'm curious, has there, has there been any continuity across that uh, in any way? I mean, you, you, hit it, you hit it on the head, Mark. I mean, continuity is definitely what we want to accomplish here. And, and I, I would also agree with Carrie in that, you know, the tactics have, are, are, are out the window at this stage. Um, the objectives, the business objectives remain the same. Our strategies are, for the most part, remain the same, but how we do it, the action plans that underpin these strategies have, have, now, have now changed. I mean, clearly you can no longer do face-to-face -face conversations with your clients, which is what we always did. And now you're, 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 you're forced to do everything via a digital platform, via, teleco via telecommunications, uh, you know, via technology, if you may. And, and, and I think one of the things that has really allowed us to have a, a semblance of normalcy, Mark, if you may, is that we've, we've invested in technology throughout 
for so many years now. And, and, and I think specific to our customer interface, we're really able to understand our, our, our customers. We've invested in analytics. So, so at any given time, you know, given the different brands that we have and given, given a different re, um, geographic playing field that we play in, we're able to understand who these consumers are, what are their pain points, what are their, their happy points, if you may. Yeah. What, what makes them tick? And, 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 and because of our understanding of them, we've decided early, much, much earlier on that we want to invest in an automated booking process. So, so part of our work from home protocol, apart from you know, make, making all of our employees productive whilst being in the comforts of their own home, is, is we're still able to communicate to our stakeholders. Our, our customers specifically continue to benefit from our automated booking process. Uh, it's, it's, really, it's really an app that allows our sellers to, to, have a, to have a conversation with our, with our buyers and be in a position to provide them uh, accurate selling, selling prices, unit prices. And if they agree that they want that buyer wants to get it, we can easily book via that app uh, the, the particular unit that the buyer wants. Uh, we also have in place, and it's been here for several years now, uh, what we call an, an electronic customer relationship management portal. Uh, what this really does is we 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 look we we manage the the selling pipeline or the selling the sales funnel, if you may, of our sellers, and we're able to identify what are their humps, what are their challenges, and be in a position as a developer to intervene at any point in time. So at, at any point in time, I'm also able to identify what the training needs of my sellers are sure. and, and come up with, you know, with uh, digital-based training programs. And our, our training head actually manages our training via Zoom. And, and he's been having this almost on a three times a week basis. So, so, so clearly, our, our priority as an organization, as Phil Invest, really is to maintain our customer focus, maintain customer centricity, despite all of these things that are happening around us. Always know what the customers are, what the customer wants, and also be in a position to invest in the success of our sales force. Uh, and it, it is very important that, that you know, despite everything that's happening to us, that you know, these two things uh, remain at the forefront of what we do. All right, thank you so much. I'm going to move on a sim similar topic, but I guess a bit more uh, forward thinking in that. Um, we talked about your existing kind of marketing strategies and how you're continuing um, with those or making amendments to them so that you can continue with your, your calendars. Um, are, you, are you now starting to brainstorm um, the different ways of, of approaching the marketing strategy and, and um, I guess, uh, providing a safety net for, uh, you know, similar crises in, in the future? Are you looking at different platforms, perhaps, for, or, or different apps or developing um, different parts of your, your marketing team to, to better cope with, with a crisis like this? Oh, that was for me. I'm sorry. Sorry. And uh, either Vince would be great. Okay. Um, uh, well, well, look. Well, well, yes, we continue to look at um, at investments in in alternative platforms. I mean, clearly, this kind of event uh, made that even more necessary, if not even more obvious, to all of us. 
But but I just want to go back to that whole point on, uh, on on having a robust analytics platform. I think one of our key strengths as a as a nationwide developer is that we're able to look into the customer, understand what the customer wants, and and um, and and come up with measurements that allow us to generate insights on 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 what the customer is understand his values, understand his aspirations, and, and, and come up with focused digital content that precisely address these aspirations or precisely meet these values. And, 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 also, and also on the Salesforce side, really be more, I mean, if, if at all anything, be more uh, deliberate and purposive, if you may, in, in hiring the right salespeople. Be more purposive and deliberate in their training curriculum. And today, we can actually develop personalized training curriculum for all of them. And also, uh, be in a position to intervene with our brokers and, and come up with appropriate B2B solutions for all of them. Because at the end of the day, it's really all about tooling up our business partners. So uh, it's, it's, it's gone are the days when you, know, you, you go to a mall or you go to, a, you go to an event and, and, and you talk to people and you tell them what you want. I mean, sure, that, that will always be there. But I think the key differentiator now is, is what kind of digital platforms you're able to put in place that will allow you to have a, sharpened, a sharper sales force that will allow your business partners as well to have a, a, a 360 view, if you may, of the business environment that they play in and be in a position to recommend concrete solutions for them that will allow them to take advantage of opportunities in their areas that they're present in. Okay, thank you, Vincent. And I'm just curious to know the, um, Kerry mentioned it just now about the, the kind of type of message and, and the, that you're delivering as your, uh, as your kind of marketing um, uh, messaging, but has, has that changed for you, Vincent? Are you looking to highlight potentially different um, selling points for, for your projects? Um, I know there's, there's obviously a, a big focus on, on kind of health and hygiene and uh, air quality and, and things like that. Is that something that we do you think we're likely to see in, in terms of people's priorities when it comes to choosing, um, you know, a, a house or, or a condo or, or whatever they're looking to invest in? That's a, that's a very good point, actually, Mark, because I, I think what this whole um, event has, has really brought home is the need for a very strong property management organization. Mm -hmm. uh, a strong property management organization ensures exactly all the points that Carrie mentioned a while ago. Uh, ensure that, um, you know, that the place is clean, the, the place has been sanitized, and that the community functions as, an, as a whole, as one organic whole that, you know, that, that, that is concerned for each other, that generates uh, information, that generates uh, care and compassion for each other, and, and essentially recreates a, a lifestyle that everybody wants while still maintaining safety protocols. Sure. And, and, and I think that's one clear differentiator right now that's really come to the forefront. And, 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 and specific, if you may, to, to, uh, to how things will be after, you know, after this whole thing is over, after, after hopefully COVID-19 is, is, is over. Uh, the, the, the name of the game at this stage really is how to reconnect with your customers, with our customers. Because let's, let's not forget that at, this that at this point in time, our customers are essentially more concerned about their basic needs. I mean, 
if you if they open their social media they're barraged with all sorts of really scary fearful messages every day there's a there's a count of how many people have fallen ill how many people have unfortunately passed away so so people tend to be very conservative and and as a developer you know your role our role you may is to be there for our customers and guide them through this process because eventually eventually the sun will shine and eventually it's our role as a developer to allow our customers or to help our customers reconnect to their aspirations reconnect to their dreams yeah. and, and and be in a position really to guide them through achieving all achieving their dreams if you may have owning their own home sure Thank you. And, and Kerry, I guess, is there anything from, from Demosaland? Are you, are you kind of looking at um, new marketing plans, um, new marketing platforms, uh, new ways of communicating information um, through, through your selling network? Um, anything that you're kind of looking to, to change based on, on what's happened so far? Well, I, th I think for us, um, well, first of all, on the marketing message, I think that's something that's still going to remain. And, you know, one thing is, is that um, some of the themes that we've always been harping on um, throughout the life of this company, all the more are going to become more pronounced now when we can start uh, marketing normally. So for instance, um, aside from just selling real estate, we've always been an advocate for, in, in, for additional investment coming into Mindanao and coming into Davao. So that's one. And I think that in, in our office segment, um, I think a lot more office, uh, office tenants such as BPOs will start to look at um, you know, uh, cities such as Davao and other key cities as an alternative destination for, for their business. Um, even for our industrial park business, I think we'll see a lot more manufacturing companies coming our way uh, just, because the, um, just because of business continuity. Uh, we're also big into um, flexible workspaces. And so that's something that uh, we will be investing a lot uh, in a lot of um, in the next coming years. So I think that's another segment that uh, we'll probably see a lot of growth. So I think those kinds of business that we've been advocating for, I mean, we will still be uh, keeping that message that these are good businesses to be in, um, that Mindanao and Davao especially is a good investment destination. So um, to answer your question on the marketing message, I think that's still going to remain. And I think now um, all the more so we can really take advantage of that uh, Take advantage of that message. Um, on the technology side, I think uh, definitely we are looking at different kinds of um, platforms that we can inject into our business, um, not just in marketing, but in terms of operations, um, communication, etc. And it's something that we've been making a conscious effort to to do over the last few years. In fact, um, just recently, or it's actually ongoing. I, I joined a. Um, a, a business reality show. And we were talking to a lot of investors that um, you know, hopefully we'll be working with, um, hopefully their technological solutions are, are, are those that we can really put on board into our existing platforms. And the message is, is also very similar to what uh, Vincis is, and it's really how to get the message to your customer better, and how to understand your customers better, and also how to get to them quicker. I would say, and I think that's yeah. something that, we'll, that technology will do. So, um, especially with this uh, with, with with this ongoing um, uh, crisis that we're in, all the more so now. I think we have to really speed up that process of bringing on board some of these technologies. 
Yeah, it's interesting you said speed up. I was just thinking then that um, you know a lot of a lot of these things were perhaps uh, somewhere down the line. Um, but I think what this crisis has thrown up is the need to kind of get it get it moving and, and kind of accelerated the um, digital transition of, of of real estate developers in, in the Philippines. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Really Can I just chime in on the point that yeah. Gary made. Um, it, it's, it's rather interesting. You know, I. I and at the risk of carbon dating myself, Mark and Carrie, I've been doing this for 25 years now, and I, I, I'm guilty as charged. And, and I've actually seen uh, how sales and marketing has evolved through this through, through over two decades. I mean, when I first began uh, working uh, in, in marketing, the, the, the way we did marketing then was pretty shotgun. I mean, you have a message, put out an ad in newspaper, print, and, and, and cinema back then. Oh, and in those days, uh, billboard advertising was a new thing. So, so it was a shotgun approach. And then at some point, you know, marketers evolved in the Philippines and said, you know, we got to do this more efficiently. So, you know, hence was born one-to-one -one communication. So where you have a message and you want to be able to communicate this directly with people. Hence, you have all of these bar events, you have all of these face-to-face uh, uh, -face conversations with sellers, uh, with the buyers, I should say, and, and you have all of these mailers, and etc. It was all designed to try to customize the message to your buyer. And, and then now, I mean, now it's, it's really all about people talking to each other, not the manufacturer or, or brand owner talking to to, to customers, but it's actually customers talking to customers. And, and, and I think if I can just dimensionalize this a little bit, you know, a couple of days ago, there was this, um, this, 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 uh, this news all over social media about RITM uh, solicit, supposedly soliciting or asking for help from business owners to house their frontliners. And and, and, you know, I mean, as you know, because of the, of the enhanced community quarantine in Luzon, it's very difficult for, for medical frontliners these days to, to get transportation to bring them home or to, you know, to take them to work. And so a lot of them eventually end up staying at home. And, you know, unbeknownst to a lot of people, we've actually been helping our ITM a lot. We've, we've, decided, we've, we've, we've uh, accepted their frontliners and we've housed them in, in Palms Country Club in Alabang. So, so when news of this came out, uh, we felt that we needed to correct the information. And so within that same hour that we got wind of this, we came out with a communication telling everybody that, you know, we are actually supporting and helping our ITM. This is on top of the 100 million peso donation that we already gave them, but we're but we're, uh, that was meant, or that is meant rather, for procuring test kits and uh, personal protective equipment for the frontliners, uh, which are which we are still in the process of fulfilling because you know there are a lot of logistics behind it that need to be considered. But but onto the point about this story, see when 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 this story broke out and we sent out a response, you know within 15 minutes, I had people in my social media platform talking about how Phil Invest helped people. I never said anything to them. It, it's, and, and it is, it's essentially people echoing your message across the different platforms. And, and, and this is just such an amazing, an amazing, amazing experience because it, it really hammers in the point of, of us developers, I mean, you know, Carrie and myself, coming up with very specific messages and, and letting that message reverberate across because that message 
is relevant to our target audience. And it travels at lightning speed as well. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, just to, I guess to, to focus a bit more now on, on the, the property investors, the property seekers. Um, and I, I, what kind of is kind of the common concerns um, that you're seeing from, from investors um, at this time and, and how are you able to, to mitigate those, those concerns at the moment? Uh, go back to Kerry. Well, I, I guess it would really depend on which sector that we're, we're talking about. And, um, you know, we, we, our, our business uh, cuts across residential, office, um, industrial, parks, uh, commercial. So it, we, we got very varied responses um, and reactions across the different customers that we've had. Um, for instance, in the office sector, I think the demand, I believe, is still there. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the locators are just on a wait and see mode, just, and it's not very long. I mean, I think they just want, uh, you know, at, at least for one, the quarantine period to be over first, and then after that kind of wait and see. Um, but the investment, I believe, is still going to happen. Um, they're just obviously asking for a little bit more time before committing or a little bit more time before they start building out their offices. Um, the same thing also with our industrial park business. Um, the customers are still there. And I think the, um, you know, for, for these types of customers, uh, it, it's, it's not really a, it, it's, they have the capacity to invest. So it's really not uh, a question of whether they can or they cannot. It's just really a, a matter of timing. At least that's what we're seeing. Sure. So we, we still believe that there's still going to be good, um, you know, there, there's still going to be good demand from BPOs. Now, especially, we're, we're, we're probably going to see a lot more companies looking at um, alternative sites, such as Mindanao, to put their businesses, whether it's um, factories or, or offices or even some retail business. Um, where we probably saw a, a bit of um, hesitation is probably in the residential space. So with that, I think a lot of the, there were a number of buyers. I wouldn't say a big number, but there, there, was, there, there were definitely a number of calls from buyers asking, if they can extend their, their payment period yeah. or if they, or if the, the transaction hadn't been um, done yet, then they would prefer to, to transact after the period, after the quarantine period is over. Um, so it really varied across the different businesses that we're in. But, you know, it's, I, I, I do believe that we will have a strong rebound after this. Um, I'm, I'm one of those believers. I guess I'm an optimist. Uh, hope I'm right. Um, but I, I think, you know, we're, I'm optimistic that we'll see the, we'll still see the spending coming in, um, after the, after this whole, uh, I guess call it a debacle is over. Yeah, I think we've, um, actually we had a previous, um, webinar, um, Kenneth Stern of Remax was, was on, he, he commented that he'd spoken to the country head of Italy and that, um, they're now kind of, uh, you know, on the other side of the peak of, of, of their crisis and that some of the offices have started to open and, um, they're starting to close deals. Um, I've read a couple of, uh, promising stories out of China as well in that the, the pent up demand is, is now, um, kind of being released. Uh, so yeah, I think that, that kind of bodes well for, the Philippines uh, potentially in, in the kind of short to, to midterm. Hopefully, and, and if I can just add to that, then you know we were kind of making a joke, and we were saying that you know you you might see a, an uptick in residential sales for say um, studio units or one bedroom units. So can you imagine if say if currently 
um, an individual is living at home with his parents and with his whole family and they're under quarantine for a whole month or two months. Can you just imagine the, you know, they're, they're probably seeking their own space and their own privacy. So there, there might be, um, you know, buyers that are looking to have their own, to have their own homes. And I think, you know, the one good thing about real estate is that um, at the end of the day, you need to have a home, right? So, I mean, crisis or no crisis, I, I think um, ultimately people will, uh, look to real estate as a good safe haven investment, um, both as an investment and, of course, uh, a, a place for them to live. Yeah, that's that's a good point. We actually pre-recording we, we spoke about the, the advantages of of not living in a, in a condo as well at, at the moment, in that the amenities uh, and the majority of places have, have closed down. Do you think that's going to? Um, do you think that might change the priorities of, of the property seekers when they're looking to purchase? Do you think there might be a, a more of a demand now for the house and lot option? Well, I, I, in, I guess to that point, there, there might be, but um, it depends also on where they work. I mean, if they still work in, uh, in, in the city or the downtown areas, then you probably won't be able to find that many house and lot projects and condos sure. will still be uh, the best option for them. So, I mean, even if you really wanted to, you know, have the space and to be able to be outdoors and and, and things like that. But if you're still going to, going to end up living very far from your workplace, then that's obviously going to be a factor in your decision-making as well. Okay, Vince, how about, how about you? How about your, your property seekers, your investors? Um, are, are you seeing any um, kind of themes with the, the concerns that we're, we're seeing um, or, or anything positive even maybe? I mean, clearly there's a short-term financial jolt amongst all of our clients and buyers. And, and Carrie alluded to it a while ago because, you know, number for, for our, you know, we have malls all, uh, all over the country and, and, you know, because they had to shutter their business, they've requested and for, 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 for rental holidays, if you may. And actually even long before they asked for it, we already granted um, a rental holidays for, 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 spe for specific tenants of ours who, whose business could no longer operate for, for whatever reason. So, so, so that's, a short, that's, a, that's, a, that's one of the issues that, we're, that, we're, that we've addressed. The other, the other issue also has to do with, like I mentioned a while ago, a buyer fearfulness. They're not quite sure where they want to go. Uh, they wanna, they're, they're trying to secure their basic needs. They want to secure their food. They want to have extra cash right now to, to tie them down for any eventuality that may or may not happen. So, so, so clearly, th there is that short-term short jolt, even on the residential sector, that, that we are experiencing as well in, in Phil Invest. But, but, you know, I mean, I'm also, I'm also an optimist like Carrie, and I'm sure like you as well, Mark. And, and, you know, like I said, the sun will shine tomorrow and uh, all of these things will eventually be a thing of the past, hopefully. And, and, and I see that buyers will eventually rebound. I see that uh, buyers will once again go back to the very core of why they want to buy their own homes in the first place, whether it's to get, to get out of your in-law's house or you get out of your parents' house and be independent or an investment thing that you want to pursue or it's because you just want to pursue an independent lifestyle that clearly, uh, that clearly def defines you as a person. Whatever those motivators may be, those will still be present uh, even long after this whole virus, uh, this whole COVID-19 virus has taken its toll. So, 
so so as a developer our role is to is to be there for our clients our role is to be is to continuously communicate to our clients and our role really is to be able to guide our clients through making the right decisions and and, and being a developer of national concern also uh, you know we, we we do we have provided homes to over 160,000 families it's it's also incumbent upon us to ensure that they make those right choices. It's also incumbent upon us that, that we provide customers what they need or what even before they know that they need it. So, so a big chunk of it, and then I kind of want to loop back how, to our whole conversation on strategy a while ago, a big chunk on, of it really has to go back, us developers going back to understanding uh, shifts in consumer, in consumer behavior, shifts in consumer philosophy. I do not foresee a major shifts, but I do see minute changes, nuanced changes, if you may, that will necessitate changes in how we communicate to them, in how we service them, and more importantly, the kind of homes that they are looking for now. Uh, you asked a while ago, Mark, whether uh, people might gravitate towards uh, horizontal or house and lot situation as against condominiums. And, and I, would, I would actually agree with Gary. It kind of depends on their circumstance. Uh, if you're living in an urban area like Metro Manila, Cebu, and, and, and Davao, I mean, it's really a question of, of affordability. Can you afford to get a house and lot in these three areas? And, and, and if you can, and people want to have a house, a lot. There are there are very specific projects uh, available for them, but for those who who don't want uh, to live in house a lot or do not have the financial capacity to get house and lots in these urban centers, uh, there are condominiums that are that are tailor made for their price range, depending on which price range they are. So 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 it really depends on the circumstance. I I, I don't envisage a mass migration towards one kind of housing towards the other. Uh, I anticipate demand will continue to be robust. In fact, uh, as, as we speak, because we're essentially business as usual in Phil Invest, we continue to engage our buyers. We continue, we continue to talk to them. Some of them still make bookings. Uh, some of them still uh, are, are still making those sale. Um, and, and, and so, you know, once I imagine once the, once the enhanced community quarantine is over, my next problem is how to accommodate, or the next challenge is how to accommodate all of these buyers, potential buyers, who expressed interest in buying uh, into our projects. Uh, and, and that's a, a very nice, that's a very nice problem to have down the road, Mark. Yeah, yeah, we'll look forward to that. Um, and if you say the sun will shine tomorrow, I'll um, I'll make a note of that. <coughs> Thank you. Um, I'm going to finish off with with one more question, but it's more more for you guys, I guess. Um, uh, you know, it's it's a kind of unprecedented time. Um, we're all having to make decisions with very little experience. Um, so I'll, I'll offer the opportunity for for you to ask uh, either one of yourselves a question, um, if you have a question for for each other. Oh. Um, go ahead, Vince. I'll, uh, <laughs> why don't you go ahead? <laughs> this is this is actually the toughest question you gave us, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I've got to throw in a curve, a curveball at the end. It doesn't matter if you don't, I just thought it might be interesting. Well, or, or, all right, why, why don't I, um, why don't I go ahead? And, and, and this is, 
um, maybe not just for you, Vince, and 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 for Phil Invest, but I guess for all of us in in uh, in, in the real estate space or in in the property development space. Um, are you of the opinion that there's going to be some major shift or some um, some big changes that are coming our way in the industry, whether it's in you know the um, the, the behavior of buyers or in the products that they're investing in or just anything is there anything that you're already predicting i mean what, what's very clear right now is 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 um i think buyers are more conscious now on the kind of development that they will be going into and we kind of talked about this a little bit a while ago and it has really to do with buyers wanting to make sure that they're moving to a place that has the appropriate cleanliness sanitation property management protocols in place and and i think for all of us in the industry it's it's something that we need to to look into if we have not looked into it at all uh it's, it's something that we need to pay more attention to and ultimately, it's probably one of those that will be a defining competitive advantage to whosoever is able to provide clear, consistent, and, and, and acceptable, if you may, um, uh, safety and security protocols to our homeowners. But, but by and large, I, I don't really see a seismic shift, a seismic shift, if you may, in, in, in how in, in, in demand, in, in how buyers behave. Uh, if at all any, I think uh, this whole uh, community quarantine has exposed us all to the need to invest in technology, need to invest in uh, data analytics, to understand our consumers more, for the need to invest in technology that allows, that facilitates transactions uh, of our sellers, uh, be it an automated booking process, be it an electronic customer relationship management portal, or be it an online customer service portal, or, or be it uh, an automated commission release system in the, that, that, that is free from manual intervention, business partners, ensure that their business also continues. So, so, so I guess that kind of leads me to the third point, which is, uh, as a responsible corporate citizen, we also need to be sure that not only are we uh, ensuring our own business continuity, but, but that our suppliers, that our supply chain, if you may, that our um, partners also continue to have business as usual. Because any breakdown in that chain will really hurt us in the end. So, so I, I think, uh, I just, just to kind of bookend that point, I, I think that is actually one of the very first things that our president uh, secured. Make sure, she, wants, she made sure that the entire chain was secured, that our suppliers get paid, that our employees get paid, that our sellers get paid, that our customers know what's going on and that they can continue to transact. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you and I think um, definitely the virtuous companies are the ones that are going to be, are, are going to make it out of this, you know, a lot stronger and people will really respect uh, the likes of Phil Invest and other companies that are doing the same for that. So um, completely also agree with you uh, when you say that it's going to be so important to have a good property management arm 
um, obviously, you know, companies such as yourselves and others already do have that, but all the more so now. I agree that there's going to be so much focus on that. And you know, for other developers, smaller developers such as ourselves, I think, I mean, we do have our own property development arm as well, but now you know, we're already thinking of how to invest more in it. It's, it's going to become an even more integral part of our whole operation, not just uh, a service that you have to have. It's something that um, people will really be looking at very closely, I think. Yeah. I think one one thing I've seen from talking to a few few of our clients over over the past couple of weeks is um, uh, more of an interest in in kind of increasing the the materials that they have available to pass on to the clients and not relying so heavily on the face to face interaction, um, which I think is is kind of it comes from uh, a level of trust which is is required from from the buyers, but also um, you know it, we haven't kind of crossed over. And that that part of the, the, the buying process hasn't been digitalized yet. So I think then there could be a uh, a slight shift towards a, a more digital process when it comes to the home buying process in terms of VR tours, video tours, um, and the way that, that that's kind of communicated. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely, and in fact, for you know, as part of our business continuity protocol in the organization, we had to digitize. Uh, some of our project communication materials that had not been digitized. And, and so, you know, for the first week of the quarantine, uh, we, were, we were essentially going through several projects and digitizing uh, our communications to them so that it could be used in these sorts of platforms. Okay. Um, that brings me to the end of, uh, of the questions. Um, thank you both for your insights. Um, and optimism, uh, a really um, progressive forward thinking conversation, uh, very, very optimistic. So that's uh, hopefully left our, our viewers feeling the same. Thank you to our, our viewers for, for joining us. Um, please do again, leave your, your comments and questions uh, underneath and we'll do our best to get back to you on, on those. Um, and we hope that you'll join us all on the next Lamudi webinar series uh, later in the week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Mike. Thank you so much, Mark. It's a pleasure being here. For more updates on future episodes of the Lamudi webinar series, follow our Facebook page at Lamudi Philippines.